The views and opinions expressed during this program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of WHIO and Cox Media Group. This hour is sponsored by Take-Two Healthcare. We want to put you on the WHIO payroll. I want to win so bad. Win $1,000 cash five times every weekday. Now you're talking. The WHIO payroll payout is sponsored by Saka, the Southern Ohio Chamber Alliance. Always looking out for the best interest of small business owners. You're on WHIO. And we are rolling. Thank you very much, Alex. This is Dr. Andrew Dyer this morning joining you live in studio at WHIO. And it is our job and our great honor to fulfill the mission of sharing with you our thoughts, opinions, and some research from around the community of nutritional science, chiropractic care, acupuncture, thermography, PEMF, all the modalities that we utilize in our practice and I say our practice, I'm one of three doctors in our clinic. Uh, Dr. Van Merkel, Dr. Natalie Yaley are the two others. And we are Take-Two Healthcare. Uh, we have a great team that helps us each week. Kim, Cecilia, Casey, we have fantastic staff that really help take care of our patients and help us take care of our patients when we can't answer every little question. But of course, we get to see your smiling faces either in our office via a Zoom chat or even do a, do a conference call with you so we can help and impact people around this great country, not just Ohio residents. Of course, we love to work with Ohio residents. That's where we are and live and practice. But uh, this week, I have patients from several different nearby states, Indiana, New York, Florida, all over the place, and we're able to help them too. So if you have a friend, a relative, um, a person you know from church that maybe moved out of the area but still needs our help, uh, we can still help them, and they don't have to come to our physical office to get to get help from us. So that's the beautiful thing about what we do in terms of utilizing blood work and hair testing that gets run at national laboratories. When we order a blood test on someone, we use LabCorp labs. And the reason that we do, one of the many reasons that we do is they are in virtually every city and community around this country. So if we have a patient even from a couple hours away here in Ohio, they don't have to travel all the way down to Dayton just to get a blood test. We can send them to the lab close to where they live. And while we're on the topic of laboratory testing, of course that's what we do. And if you've never heard our program before, we are all DCs, doctors of chiropractic. I went to school in Chicago way back, about 17 years now. But after I began practice, I collected a couple of other degrees, and one was in clinical nutrition. So I have a diplomate in chiropractic clinical nutrition. And with this uh, expertise, I'm able to help people get the right blood testing done, but then also put together a program to follow to help correct some of these health problems they're having. So maybe we are focusing on their diabetic status. Maybe we're focusing on their high blood pressure. And in the meantime, making them healthier on a, on a foundational level. So one of the things that we do is called baseline testing. And we call it that because it helps us establish a baseline so that we can figure out where they are right then and there so that we can put together a program to make them even better. And with our baseline testing, it's going to be our standard 55-point blood test, but then even more in-depth than that. So we're going to look at, depending upon if the patient is a male or female, we're going to look at a 
gender-specific cancer profile. So for females, they get the female profile. Obviously, males get the male profile. And we get to look at their cancer risk assessment numbers. We get to look at their heart health with the um, advanced coronary panel. We get to look at their hormone balance uh, on top of the 55 markers we already look at. So I never sat down to count them all, but I bet that blood test has about 90 different biomarkers on it because there's 55 on our standard panel, and I'll go through that in a minute. But then there's, oh, probably eight or 10 hormone levels, eight or 10 different cancer markers, and then the the advanced coronary panel has 18 different markers on it. So there's another 28, 38 markers plus 55. Yeah, we're gonna be up around 90 tests uh, that we're running. And that helps us see the details of what's going on, even on a cellular level in the system. And so then we can look at even even on top of that, our basic panel where we see blood sugars, we see kidney function, digestion, liver, pancreas, heart, thyroid, uh, white and red blood cells, vitamin D status, all, all these different things. So that is how we do what we do. I had a patient yesterday that had brought a, a friend or maybe it was a sister with him. And he had several questions for me. And then at the end, she said, well, can I ask you a real quick question? And, and I said, yeah, sure. And she said, well, I'm very tired. I don't have energy. What would you give me? <laughs> and I said, well, really, we'd have to start with a full blood test. Because if I just tell her to take vitamin B12, maybe in this case, I guess right, and she gets better. But if I don't, she doesn't get better. And then it's my fault because I didn't recommend the right thing in the first place, which was test. Because when we test, we don't have to guess. And so by, by looking at even just a standard profile on her, we can see... Is her fatigue based on poor sugar regulation? Is her fatigue from a chronic kidney infection? Is her fatigue from low thyroid function or maybe liver enzyme elevation, chronically low vitamin D? Several of these markers that we look at can give us great feedback on where her energy lies. So I do, of course, uh, like I tend to do, have a couple of articles with me that I want to share with you as the, as the course of our show uh, goes on today. But before we roll into that, if you listen to this station, even when I'm not on, which, which I tend to do when I'm driving around in my car, you hear McCall and you hear Dante and Austin and the meteorology team giving you all the updates on pollen counts, molds, and all the stuff going on in our environment. And right now as that hurricane kicks up down on the Gulf Coast, we're going to get all sorts of things blowing through our air. And this is, you know, a place they tend to call Sinus Valley. Now, I've lived here for 17 years and I've never really been bothered by that. Some people say, oh, you're so lucky. I tend to think that I do a pretty good job taking care of myself and avoiding the wrong foods and taking the right supplements for this. But no matter, this discussion is really about what you can do to help yourself get better. Now, one, one particular nutrient that we use in the, in the treatment of sinus conditions or even seasonal allergies, which there's some overlap, but there are also some unique distinctions here. Natural Dehist is the name of the product. It's an awesome product and it has several different herbal botanical whatever you want to call them those type of ingredients so botanicals come from plants herbals come from herbal plants or herbs so in this concoction one capsule contains n-acetylcysteine quercetin stinging nettles and there's even a little bromelain in there too i believe this is all off the top of my head but we've been using this product for a long time i keep it in my house Typically, when someone is suffering from a seasonal allergy issue, they're going to need six tablets of that natural dehist daily for about two or three days to build up a nice loading dose or get a powerful base laid. 
And then as they move forward, they might only need two, three, four tablets daily going on from there. And sometimes patients will only take it for a couple weeks at a time just to kind of get through a really rough patch when molds, pollens, and other spore counts are real high in the air. But another key factor here, if we're looking to address seasonal allergies, chronic sinus infections, and other sinus issues, is we have to look at the diet. We have to examine what's going into our system. What kind of fuel are we putting in our tank? And if we're utilizing too many things like cow's milk proteins, uh, dairy-based products, yogurts, cheeses, ice creams, uh, cottage cheese, uh, things like that tend to be mucus-producing or mucogenics. What does that mean? Well, it means that the way those cow's milk proteins are actually processed in our human bodies tends to create a more heavily mucus-based response. You, you would learn this if you were a youth athlete or even a youth singer because the people in charge of both the programs I was in, singing and playing soccer and basketball, other sports, they, they often recommended against taking in cow's milk proteins for about one hour before game time. And the reason they suggest it in game time, that could be concert time too, okay? If you're a singer and you have too much mucus in your throat, you can't make the right sounds. You can't hit the right notes. If you're a soccer player, basketball player, or any other cardiovascular athlete, if you can't get mucus out of the way of your lungs, you can't breathe as efficiently. Even this can lead even to joint inflammation and other, other gut-related problems. But there, there's some focus there that I think if we just revisit some of these things that we've known for a long, long time we can do a whole lot better. So let's just go back and review before we move on to another topic. Let's go back and review baseline testing. Okay. How is that different than our 55 point blood test? Well, our basic test goes from glucose down to vitamin D3. And what do we get beyond that in our baseline testing? All those other blood markers I was talking about, hormone profile, cancer profile, and advanced coronary panel. In that advanced coronary panel, there are 18 different values, but there are a couple that are very, very specific and very specific sensitive to detecting cardiac-based health problems. One is called the LPPLA2, and you don't have to remember the letters. That's my job. But the LPPLA2 enzyme detects heart muscle breakdown and also arterial and atherosclerotic change. So plaque formation, that hardening of the arteries and uh, the small capillary vessels in the body, those will be reflective of an elevated LPPLA2 enzyme. Okay, that's all well and good that we can identify, but what can we do about it? There are several great things. Resveratrol being one. This is an antioxidant that comes from the skin of the red grape. Very highly effective in in terms of reversing some of that atherosclerotic plaque damage. Ubiquinol or CoQ10. This is a highly potent antioxidant available and used in every cell in our body, except when somebody's on a statin drug or some other medications that are in that family, family, CoQ10 is actually blocked or stripped out of each cell based on what those medication side effects cause and do. So it it begs the question, we can't just assess the person where they're at right then. We have to know more about their background. We have to know what medications they're either on now or have stopped using in the last six weeks, six months, one year, uh, just so that we have that background on what potential effects are coming from those two. And so it really, the baseline testing beyond the blood work uh, comes in very handy because we also have EKG, body composition, and spirometry assessment. Now, what do those things mean? EKG gives us past heart history. 
So we're looking at heart history. We're not looking at what's going to be a future predictive value for that person's heart. We're looking at what that heart has already been through up until this point so that we can make some adjustments to their diet and supplements to help improve those situations. We know now that heart muscle fibers can heal and repair. When we support the body with the right nutrients, that is possible. We can do that. And so it really becomes crucial to start with a, an assessment that allows us to see those details. And what about spirometry? Spirometry is a test that measures lung function, lung capacity, how much air we can hold, how much air we can get rid of in one second, how much air we can get rid of over the course of five seconds. And that gives us great feedback on how healthy the person is since lung function is one of the greatest predictors of longevity. We know now when we read the news, of course, lung function has been everywhere the last year and a half. If you cannot breathe, you cannot live. It's that vital. And when the heart and lungs are not working well, the longevity factors are vastly shortened. So when we get to the other side of our break, I'm going to share with you an article uh, that's really fun. It's 23 quote-unquote facts you learned about healthy eating and nutrition as a kid that are no longer true. We're going to talk about those on the other side of the break. You're listening to Dr. Andrew Dyer this morning on WHIO. It's our Ask the Expert weekend on the Miami Valley radio station with breaking news, weather, and traffic. 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. It's an Ask the Expert weekend on Dayton and Springfield's 24-hour news, weather, and traffic station. 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Hey, we are back. Thank you very much, Alex. Again, this is Dr. Andrew Dyer joining you live this morning. Didn't get to give you the phone number earlier, but here it is. If you have a call to place to me and ask me a question about anything nutrition, chiropractic, or acupuncture related, be happy to do that. The number here at the studio is area code 937-457-1290. If you want to get a hold of us at our office, our phone number there is 937-433-3241, or you can find us on the web at take2healthcare.com. So the word take, T-A-K-E, the number two, healthcare.com is our web address. And it'll give you all our contact information and physical location, emails, phone number, all that good stuff. So on the other side of the break, I was talking about seasonal allergies. And before we leave that topic, I just want to briefly say that natural dehist might not be the only nutrient of benefit here. Certainly we have options with zinc and vitamin C, uh, et cetera, et cetera, and I think those are all great and need to be used on occasion, but vitamin D3 seems to also be of big benefit when we're trying to balance our immune system function. And I don't say that it seems to be lightly. There's, it, this might be the most heavily researched vitamin out there and available to us, and it's not even a vitamin. That's right, vitamin D3 is not a vitamin, it's a pro-hormone. We call it vitamin D, and we probably always will because it's too hard to change the, the general opinion now, but it truly is a pro-hormone. It is a precursor to DHEA development, and therefore estrogen, progesterone, testosterone. It serves a myriad of purposes in the body, protect, protecting against redevelopment of previous breast cancer, heart disease, bone mineral density. Uh, one of the guys here at the studio was asking me a couple questions this morning about uh, some blood findings, and he was telling me, oh, yeah, I've got a little bit of high calcium and high total bilirubin. He wanted to know a couple things about those, and I said, well, what's your vitamin D status? He said, I don't know. Let me look. I got my test right here in front of me. And we looked, 
and it wasn't checked this time, so we don't know where he sits on that. And he's smiling at me right now. But, but the, the issue there is not that we didn't get the vitamin D information. The issue is with that information, we'll know more. We'll know more about how to, how to potentially help metabolize that calcium better, how to keep magnesium where it belongs. Not necessarily going to affect total bilirubin, but when total bilirubin levels come back just a touch high and, and stay there consistently, you know, blood test here after, after the next, uh, when that happens, that's called Gilbert's disease. And it's simply just a, discovered by a French physician, a condition that just means you will have high total bilirubin always going forward. And there's not that much we can do about that. But it also is of no detriment to the health of your system. It's not going to shorten your lifespan. It's not going to give you any clinical signs and symptoms. It's not going to do any of those things. But Gilbert's disease is definitely something that gets identified when we have two or three successive blood tests with an elevated total bilirubin. Now, I had a three-day-old infant in my office this week. And he was being tested, not, not in our office, but, but with his medical doctor. They were testing him because of high total bilirubin. And this is a condition in infants that we know when we see that yellowing of the eyes, yellowing of the skin, it's called jaundice. And he was jaund jaundice, or he was jaundiced, okay? But that's the right term. If that's a high total bilirubin that goes persistently, is persistently elevated and is not treated, it can be fatal to a newborn. But how do they fix it? They put you under a sun lamp. Okay, they use UV light. They put you under this sun lamp, and that helps conjugate that bilirubin inside your system, breaks down that elevated total bilirubin, and we can use things like nicotinic, nicotinic acid, which is one of the derivatives of a B vitamin, can help in that situation, but can also be one of the causative factors behind why that bilirubin gets elevated. If we are becoming toxic in our intake on any one or two nutrients, because yes, nutrients are powerful. They can help when we need them. They can also hurt when we don't need them. That's why testing is so important. But back off my little soapbox for that to the seasonal allergy piece, vitamin D3 and lorisidin. Uh, no discussion of seasonal allergies, in my opinion, would be complete until we talk a little bit about lorisidin. That's a medium-chain fatty acid from the coconut plant. Lauric acid, L-A-U-R-I-C. Thus, the product called lorisidin. Comes in a little blue and white tub, and it has a scooper inside so you can measure the dosage. I typically take two to three scoops daily in my everyday life. I do that as a preventative, as a prophylactic approach to better gut health, improve liver function, uh, better sinus function, and just overall white blood cell development because I had mono in college. I was playing college soccer. I was 19 years old, starting fullback at Carroll University, and then boom. I'm so sick and I'm so tired. I can't get out of bed. I'm losing weight rapidly. I lost 18 pounds off my frame in about three weeks time. I thought, well, this is highly unusual. I'm, I'm fit. I'm strong. I can run all day. And then I went home and I got tested and they said, yeah, you have mono. Okay. Well, that's going to be a challenging first semester, but we'll, we'll work through it. And we did. And one of the nutrients that helped that was not only D3 and a B complex and a good multivitamin, but lorisidin. Lorisidin helps rebuild the body so that white blood cell count can get back to doing its job. And I know there's another break coming up, but before we do that, we're going to start with the first fun fact. 23 things you learned as a kid that might not be accurate information anymore. Low-fat foods. 
Here we go. We're starting. Low-fat foods are always better for you than high-fat options. Okay? Myth. We're going to talk about that more in just a minute. Drinking more milkshakes or more milk makes your bones stronger. And you're only properly hydrated, pardon the, pardon the expression here, once your pee comes out clear. Okay? Obviously, urine. Nope, nope, and nope. So the article goes on to say, I didn't know this at the time, but some of the quote-unquote facts about healthy eating that I absorbed as a youngster were maybe nothing more than clever marketing tactics dressed up as expert guidance about what to eat. Other pieces of advice have since been debunked by scientific research. Here are a few dozen nutrition facts many of us were told as tots that simply are not true. I know we've got news coming up, so i got to bow out for a minute, but we'll be back and we'll talk more about these myths on the other side of the break. You've been listening to Dr. Andrew Dyer this morning on WHIO. It's our Ask the Expert weekend on the Miami Valley radio station with breaking news, weather, and traffic. 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. It's an Ask the Expert weekend on Dayton and Springfield's 24-hour news, weather, and traffic station. 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. All right, we are back. This is Dr. Andrew Dyer, and we have 23 topics to hit in the next 20 minutes. I think we can do it. So myth one, low-fat products are better for your waistline than high-fat versions of the same foods. I have this conversation with patients a lot. So it seems a little counterintuitive, but eating less fat can actually make your body fatter. Reason is, fat consumption does not cause weight gain, says author Dr. Aaron Carroll, written in his book, The Bad Food Bible. To the contrary, it might actually help us shed a few pounds. Why? Because when we eat good, healthy fats, it fills us up. And when that happens, we don't tend to rely more on the sugar and the refined carbohydrates to get to that fullness. Okay? Uh, studies of people around the globe show this to be true time and time again. Number two myth, you should refuel with electrolytes after a workout. Sorry, Gatorade lovers, but electrolytes and performance drinks don't do anything special for your body. Do we need hydration? Absolutely we do. If we've run 100 miles in the day, is that probably grounds for a Gatorade? Maybe. But most of us weekend warriors can get all the health and recovery benefits we need from simply water. Now again, urine should be clear and you should drink eight glasses of water per day. That's the myth. And I've, I've heard a lot of back and forth discussion on this topic where there is a thirst center in the body. The brain has these uh, control mechanisms set up to, to regulate how much fluid we need to be functioning on all levels. And so I've heard other people t- tell, them, tell me that their doctors say, well, you should only drink when you're thirsty. Now, to a point, I can understand that. But, but my goal has always been to get in between two to three quarts of water daily. Good, clean Filtered reverse osmosis water is my preferred choice. Um, next myth is breakfast is the most important meal of the day. So a lot of cereal companies really made a, a lot of cash off this catchy phrase. Many, if not most studies demonstrating that breakfast eaters are healthier and manage weight better than non-breakfast eaters were sponsored by Kellogg and other breakfast cereal companies whose business depended on people believing that breakfast means ready-to-eat cereal. When you look at some of the Dietary suggestions we give to many of our patients, we very infrequently recommend cereal of any kind. Now, there are some better ones out there, and we do use those from time to time, but there are many, many other non-cereal options for breakfast, even non-traditional breakfast foods, things like leftover steak or chicken from the night before, salmon. I like to eat tuna for breakfast sometimes. Um, 
avocados. Uh, there's all sorts of different breakfast options that don't really just require eggs. And we're going to get to eggs in just a minute. Cereal is a great breakfast food. That's, again, the, another myth here. Uh, we know why. Most cereals are ultra-processed, a lot of preservatives, packaged in plastic bags, and sprinkled with sugar. Uh, people who rely on these uh, type of convenient foods tend to eat more, about 500 extra calories a day, and gain more weight than people who stick to unprocessed fruits, veggies, grains, and other edible plants. So, very interesting. Sixth myth, 100% real fruit juice is a healthy choice. Scientists have looked at the health records of more than 13,000 U.S. adults and concluded that each additional 12-ounce serving of juice people drank per day was associated with a 25% higher risk of death. How about that for you? Just some pure sugar to start your day. You wonder why you get tired at 10 or 10.30 in the morning after you've eaten at 8 o'clock or even a little bit later. Myth, snacking is healthy. Snacking can be, but it all requires what you choose. It, or it all depends upon, I should say, what you choose for your snack. Uh, next myth is fasting is bad for your health. And I know there's two different sides of this coin for sure, but sometimes our bodies need a break. Our bodies need a break from constantly digesting and breaking down garbage. Taking an occasional break from eating has become a popular trend among young adults and people of all age groups. Intermittent fasting can help people ward off diseases like diabetes, high cholesterol, and obesity. The practice can also boost the production of a protein that strengthens connections in the brain and can serve as an antidepressant. Scientists even think fasting can lengthen our lifespans by keeping cells healthy and youthful longer. Cool. So we don't have to eat breakfast every day if we're not hungry. Myth, you're probably not getting enough protein. Now, this is always tough, right, to make a hasty generalization about an entire population. It says most Americans get more than enough protein from their diet. Okay, I, I'd venture to guess that is fairly, fairly accurate. But that's why, again, we test. If we look at total protein in the blood and we see you're only at 6.4, we know you're not in that group where you're getting enough protein from your diet. Or you could be getting enough protein in your diet. You might not just be digesting it, absorbing it, and breaking it down properly. So a long-term study was done here with 131,000 people in the U.S. found that the more animal protein eaten, the more likely they were to die of a heart attack. Now, these kind of studies are always difficult to really get a good, clean answer from because it doesn't take a look, or at least it doesn't tell me here in this article, were these patients smokers? Did they drink Mountain Dew? Gatorade? Too much coffee? What were the other factors behind it it can't just be animal protein all by itself because for every pro animal protein study that says people die faster i can show you another one that says they live longer so that one could be up for debate another myth the food pyramid should be your go-to guide okay i'm not going to cover the food pyramid today but it's it's garbage okay carob chips are healthier than chocolate another myth uh, there's some debate on this one too but from a chocolate standpoint there are some beneficial health effects. 70% cocoa or higher does have the highest levels of antioxidant and could help improve blood flow and protect the heart. Scientists have found no real link between chocolate consumption and acne breakouts either. Here's another myth. Yogurt is always a healthy choice. Okay, we, You heard me talk before about increasing dairy consumption and how that may promote sinus infection and long-term chronic, chronic sinus issues. Most prepackaged yogurts in the dairy case are packed with sugar. If you like yogurt, find a plain one. 
You can always put some nuts, seeds, berries, or spices like cinnamon and nutmeg on top for flavor. Another myth, margarine is better for you than butter, and all oil is bad. Okay, I think that kind of goes without saying, but we don't promote margarine. Never have, never will. Here's the one I really wanted to get to. Ditch cholesterol-heavy egg yolks and only eat the whites. Okay, this is age-old information that has never been proven to be true or factual in any way, shape, or form. For most people, there's no evidence that the cholesterol in eggs translates to higher blood cholesterol. Now, there is a lot of cholesterol in a chicken egg yolk, more than 180 milligrams. Remember, we talked before about eating good, healthy fats doesn't make your body fatter. Just like eating high cholesterol foods doesn't necessarily guarantee your cholesterol levels will go up. Now, back to the 180 milligrams in an egg yolk, over half our daily recommended dose. But that doesn't mean we should be wary of a yellow morning omelet. Here's the quote from a Harvard nutrition researcher named Walter Willett. Actually, there's never been a single study that showed higher egg consumption is related to higher risk of heart disease. Okay, again, we have to look at other factors here. How much coffee consumption? Are they smoking? Are they drinking alcohol? What are their other issues? Are they diabetic? Those are all other confounding data points that are going to play a big, big role in overall cholesterol metabolism and cholesterol accumulation in the system. Where we know and understand now that cholesterol, the back part of the word sterile, means hormone. So we actually, our bodies actually require some basic level of cholesterol to keep the brain functioning well, to help heal and repair nerves, keep our immune system functioning strong. <clears throat> Excuse me. So there's a number of things that we need to really clo closely examine on that front. And I'm not saying you're going to have to do it by including egg yolks. But I do think it begs the question, why have egg yolks been eliminated from what our good options are when that's where all the nutrients are that support the life of what could have been a chicken but really just turned out to be good protein for us at that point. Myth, you should eat as few carbs as possible. Okay, not all carbs are bad. Quinoa, bananas, apples, beans, carrots all have relatively high carb are high carb foods, and studies repeatedly show that people who eat a wide variety of these, in addition to whole grains, tend to have trimmer waistlines and lower blood pressure levels. Another myth, this is a, one of my favorite ones because everybody thinks this is their strategy that is the key to weight loss, and it is counting calories is a good weight loss strategy. Now, for the right person, <clears throat> if done properly, and by properly I mean they may track this on their phone or some other app that they use to just monitor their overall intake of everything. And if they're doing that by counting calories, in some rare people, this does actually benefit them. But in the great and vast majority, it drives them crazy and it doesn't allow weight loss to happen because they haven't actually made their bodies healthier. They just restricted the amount of caloric energy, which is really just a heat measurement that turns into energy for our systems. So a calorie is a calorie, right? Wrong. Nutritionists increasingly urge people to evaluate foods holistically rather than based on individual nutrients or calorie counts. So again, one of my favorite examples, avocados. A cup has 234 calories and 14 grams of monounsaturated fat, along with smaller doses of polyunsaturated and even saturated fat. But an avocado also provides good doses of fiber, protein, and potassium. See, if you're low in potassium, you don't have to go to bananas. Bananas is the highest sugared fruit that exists. 
Avocado will help you almost just as well. This can help maintain healthy blood pressure levels. And no one would suggest you'd get the same health benefits or stay as full after eating 234 calories worth of potato chips. And that would be about 25 chips. Recent studies have shown that plants are the best choice for our health and consuming more processed foods, even with the exact same amount of calories, can offer or will really lead us to weight gain. Next myth is orange juice will get you over a cold. Okay, you're going to have to drink an awful lot of orange juice to get enough vitamin C to help that immune system. Why not take it in just a capsule form? You can get 3,000 milligrams or 3 grams of vitamin C in three simple tablets, and that will help you get over that cold quite quickly. Also, using zinc has been shown to cut the duration of cold by more than half. Uh, A couple other myths to share with you here. Myth, salt is bad for you. This isn't any compel. Excuse me. There isn't any compelling evidence that salt on its own raises blood pressure, or contributes to more heart attacks or death. In my clinical nutrition studies, I had a professor state that only 25% of blood pressure patients actually benefited when they cut sodium levels down in their diet. And we know that sodium is one of the key electrolytes used to regulate fluid in the body. So we do need some, just not too much. Another myth, eating carrots helps you see better. No, not true, but the nutrient beta-carotene and the other carotenoids found in carrots do help the health of the eye. Okay, This was an old myth back from all the way to World War II with some of the uh, British bombers uh, having freakishly good carrot-fueled eyesight, uh, apparently, according to some online research that was done by the article here. Another myth, coffee is dangerous for your health. I would say it could be, uh, based on quantity of intake, uh, but it doesn't have to be. There's Research that goes back and forth on this one all the time, and I typically tell patients, keep your intake between one and two cups daily, and you're probably going to be okay. But the type of coffee and what you put in it is really important. Uh, Another myth, diet soda is fine. Okay, zero calories, no problem then, right? Uh, Not so much. A recent 34-year study of more than 118,000 men and women across the U.S. found that diet soda and sugar substitutes may not be much better for our bodies than sugary beverages when consumed in large doses. And, And you know the background on that already. And if you don't, there's newsletters on our website that address that topic for sure. Another myth, you need to drink a lot of milk to prevent osteoporosis. You've heard me talk about this one up and down, but this was a nice little clever piece of advertising drummed up in California by the California Milk Processor Board in the 1990s, putting all the celebrities on there with their milk mustaches to sell more milk. Well, we do need calcium to build strong bones, and uh, there is a good dose of it that comes from dairy, but here's the problem. The normal stomach acid in a human patient is not regulated at the right level to actually absorb calcium from the cow's milk protein, from the cow's milk product. We lack the proper gene structure to break down those cow's milk proteins. So we'd be better off going for uh, some vitamin D and K from other foods, avocados, nuts, whole bunch of them, uh, even those egg yolks that we talked about. We're going to take one more break here, and we'll be back on the other side to wrap things up. You're listening to Dr. Andrew Dyer on W. H-I-O. It's our Ask the Expert weekend on the Miami Valley radio station with breaking news, weather, and traffic. 1290 and 95.7 W-H-I-O. Dayton's News and Talk. It's an Ask the Expert weekend on Dayton and Springfield's 24-hour news, weather, and traffic station. 1290 and 95.7 W-H-I-O. Dayton's News and Talk. And thank you very much. We are back to wrap it up. 
And actually in that last segment, we nailed all 23 of the myths learned as a kid that may not be accurate information any longer. Or maybe they were never, it was never accurate information in the first place. We just now start to learn and understand and know more. Just, just to revisit one of the topics about eating carrots to help you see better. There was a cool little blurb in here that I missed on the last time through. And it, and it talks about carrots are good for eye health, but they cannot help you see better than you already do. Carrots are rich in chemicals called carotenoids, as are spinach, kale, collard greens, and sweet potatoes. Our bodies convert these chemicals from plants into nutrients like vitamin A, which is essential for developing healthy embryos, keeping tissues healthy, and ensuring the immune system functions properly. So people who have diets rich in the, in the carotenoid beta-carotene, for example, have lower instances of cervical cancer and slight reductions in breast cancer risk. And to keep eyes healthy as we age, researchers who study macular degeneration, the most common cause of blindness across the planet, suggest eating a variety of plants rich in vitamins C, E, and zinc, omega-3s, and other nutrients, in addition to carrots. That list includes fish, broccoli, nuts, and berries. So there certainly are some things in carrots that can help keep our eyes healthy. They're just not going to improve our eyesight from being 2200 down to 2020. Uh, that can only be done by a couple of other methods. Uh, but yeah, it's just interesting to look back and, and think of, you know, what do we know to be true from a medical or nutritional standpoint? These things change all the time. Now, there's been several studies here that were quoted all the way back to the 90s, 80s, even 60s. So we've known some of these things for 60 years, but it takes a long time to change a trend. Okay, And so if you're thinking now about what to do as winter approaches, I know we're only not even to the end of August, but we have to be looking to the future always. What can we do now to be healthier than we were yesterday or last week or last year? For a lot of us, these last year, year and a half, two years have been an upset to our typical routines. Maybe some of us cannot get into the gym right now. Maybe we have no desire to go to the gym because of what the gym has going on within it. But we can always do something to make our bodies healthier. I was actually hanging out this week at my house. One of the afternoons, I wasn't in the clinic and I was reading a book. And at the end of every chapter, I would do 25 push-ups. Now, I'm not the biggest muscle man out there, but I, I did like to break up my reading. By the time I finish each chapter, I just get down and do 25 push-ups. And that was my workout for that day. No, it wasn't. I went out and ran three and a half miles before I went to bed. But that was part of my workout for the day. So even if you're studying or you're sitting at your desk or you're standing at your desk, you're working, maybe every 20, 30 minutes, you take a break. You go for a short walk, you stretch, you get down, do some push-ups. There's all sorts of different ways you can keep and get your body healthier than it was before. And of course, what do I think it takes to do that? You got to get your blood tested at least once every year. The reason being is we can detect and find things in the blood long before they'll find it on an x-ray, PET scan, CT scan. The blood is where the answers are. And so if you're not checking your blood every year, you should be. Um, don't have to get it checked by us, but we'd certainly be out there and uh, available for you uh, for your help if you wish. But if you liked some of these topics that you heard today on the air, we have a list of newsletters on our website uh, from all the way back to the late 90s and all the way up to current time, as well as old podcasts from these radio shows that have been taped and recorded and put out on our website so you can digest and absorb those at your leisure. 
they're sorted by doctor too. So if you like Dr. Merkel's voice, you go and look at his. If you like Dr. Yaley's voice, you go and look at hers. If you like my voice, you go and look at mine. So you can always find what you're looking for on our website, we hope. Uh, but if you can't, you can give us a call at the office. So again, the number to contact us at the office is 937-433-3241. And you will see if you go to our website at Take Two Healthcare, all the different services that we offer and we provide for people right here in the Miami Valley. So I wanted to thank you again for tuning in this morning. We will have a half an hour show next week because UD football is going to be on. So get excited for the fall football season. It's coming up quickly and you can catch one of us next week. But if you haven't had a blood test in a while, no time to start like Monday morning. Give our office a call, uh, get something set up so that we can talk with you, figure out what your needs are and go forward from there together. Don't forget that baseline testing is a great option. EKG, spirometry, PMF, thermography, all those different things we offer in our clinic. And if you didn't get to hear any of those myths that we covered today, you can check out on our website this podcast in just a couple days' time. So it'll be available on take2healthcare.com in just a couple days' time. But you listened this morning to Dr. Andrew Dyer on WHIO AM 1290 and News 95.7. Have a great weekend. We'll be back next week. It's our Ask the Expert weekend on the Miami Valley radio station with breaking news, weather, and traffic. 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. WHIO Dayton, WHIO FM, Pleasant Hill, a Cox Media Group station from the CJSHeatingAndAir.com studios. CJS means yes. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.